Hey, welcome to On the Nose. I thought I would talk a little bit about cat food. I know that there are probably some bits of this that will overlap into dog food, but I'm just not that well read on dog food, so I'm just going to stay focused on cat food. So I used to have a cat named Oski. He was a very unique and special cat, and I call him my heart cat because we had a very strong bond. Um, He was always on wet food. I tried to do as close to sort of a natural diet of wet food, uh, but I didn't like feed raw or anything like that. And he did really well on that diet for a really long time. I had to be careful what proteins I gave him because he had allergies and stuff like that. But I I fed him this brand, like Evo brand. Um, But at some point in time, he started having like urinary issues, like urinary inflammation and stuff like that. And it was because he had crystals. And presumably... The reason why he got these crystals had to do with certain types of minerals in his diet because he wasn't a particularly stressed out cat. And some cats do get crystals um, from stress, but um, like magnesium, phosphorus, calcium, stuff like that, they get added to cat food and then they can sort of cause this reaction that then results to the formation of the crystals. It doesn't happen to all cats, uh, but it is pretty common. And it's especially common and happens way more frequently in cats that are fed dry food. And the reason for that being is that cats do not drink enough water on their own to make up for the dehydration that dry food causes. Cats evolve to get a fair amount of their hydration from the food that they would be eating in the wild, like dead animals, which have a lot of water in them. So animals that are fed dry food all the time are constantly dehydrated. And this is, this is true for like dogs and stuff as well. Like dry food is just not, it's not the bomb. It's super convenient for humans. It's not great for animals. And there are brands that are putting better and better quality ingredients into the dry food, which is great. But at minimum, add some water to the dry food, soften it up so that when they eat, they're pulling in more water. And if you're going to feed dry food, try to select something that has the least amount of ingredients that like focuses more on like what animals or the cat, since we're talking about cat food, uh, eats. But this is true for dogs too. Like, you know, something that focuses more on their natural diet. You know, cats are obligate carnivores. They should be eating meat. You know, if it's got a bunch of other stuff in it, like blueberries and stuff, it doesn't doesn't need that. So there are health issues that are seen as common health issues for cats to have as they get older. You start to see it around the time of like, 10, 11 years old. And the the big one is kidney disease. And this kidney disease issue is literally seen as a normal process of aging in cats, but it's directly related to cats eating dry food because cats who 
don't eat dry food, who eat wet food, tend not to have these issues. Or if they do get kidney issues, they get them much later in life, like 15, 16 years old. So for whatever reason, Oski was on wet food and he still started having like mild issues with uh, his kidneys. Um, I, I think it's because the doctors or the veterinarians told me to use a prescription food because of the, the crystals. And uh, one of the things that that food does is gets the cats like to drink more water by making them a little bit thirsty. And so I think the prescription diet was part of the problem. He did not stay on that diet for very long. And as soon as I switched him off of that, the kidney issues went away. And even at 16, when the time came to put him down because of a really rare neurological condition, uh, his kidneys were perfectly fine. He had gone from being like stage two kidney disease to no kidney disease. And the only thing I did in that time is I started feeding him raw food. So I started feeding him like what he would be eating if he was out in the wild, um, just not mice. I fed him other types of meat. Uh, he's actually allergic to most of the standard proteins. So he was given a novel protein and only ate rabbit. Here's this thing, right? We put our trust into vets. We put our trust into doctors, these people that have gone to school and done all this work to have the education that they have. But sometimes there are like areas of their education that just aren't well-rounded. And I can't speak for all vets, but it's my understanding that for many vets, the amount of education that they get around uh, animal diets, around nutrition and stuff is minimal and it's often funded by one of the food companies like Hills or Purina or whatever. And obviously there is a financial incentive for vets to prescribe food as well. Like a lot of vets are very anti like raw diet. They're like, oh, the you know, animal is going to get like sick from the bacteria. Never mind the fact that like dry food has all of these weird bacteria on it and stuff that could be harmful as well. And the thing is, like, the bacteria that are commonly found on raw food or raw meat, uh, when handled well, are not, like, problematic. And some of the raw, raw meat bacterias, or the bacteria found on raw meat, um, aren't actually a problem for a healthy cat or a healthy dog. Um, such as the presence of salmonella, they actually have the flora in their guts so that they can deal with the salmonella. And it's the animals who have like uh, immune system issues or other like serious health issues that they may not be able to handle being exposed to that. But then they're just as, as much threat from getting commercial diet or commercial food uh, that could potentially be, what's that word? Cootified. I can't find the word, so cootified is the word. And yeah, like, you know, um, pet food is regulated and tested. And so in general, it's not an issue, but it does happen that sometimes there's contamination. Contamination is the word I was looking for earlier. Yay. But if you're handling raw meat correctly, 
you're not any more likely to run into uh, bacteria contamination, you know. And as I said, the bacteria that is often found on raw meat uh, just normally isn't a threat to a healthy animal. So when Oski started having all of these issues and he had the crystals and one of my other cats had crystals when I got him because he had been fed dry food. He had like a different type of crystal. He had like the struvites and I think that's how you say it. Um, I started doing a bunch of research. I was just like, there has to be another option because the prescription food is causing more issues. And how would these animals have survived this long if they basically have these like horrible uh, inclinations to, to health issues? You know, like it doesn't make any sense to me. So I started reading and reading and kind of went down this like rabbit hole um, on how to feed animals, like make their own food and, you know, what what would be healthy for them. And um, ended up, you know, learning a lot about like raw feeding, which at the time there wasn't like a lot of resources out there. But there were a couple of like really good ones that had done, you know, like the work to make sure that they were giving like good information, not just like, I don't know what you call it. It was clearly not coming from like a pseudoscience perspective. It was like people talking about like gut flora and, you know, working in industries where they do like studies and stuff and actually know what they're talking about. So I started trying raw food and I was making it. I was going to um, the store and buying meat. I was actually going to uh, 99 Ranch Market to buy like um, a variety of organs and like heart and uh, kidney and liver plus like the muscle and making like these mixes. And it was a lot of work, but um, I saw results in uh, the coat, uh, urinary health, like the inflammation issues, um, just right away, like things just started getting better. Like Oski was like 10 or so, and he started acting like a younger cat. Um, also, on top of the stuff that I was adding in there, I did use a supplement that I added into the mix just to make sure, because like, as you like process the meat and cut it up and grind it and do all these things, plus freezing it, it does um, degrade the nutrition. And the vets told me that there was no way to clear out the crystals without using the prescription diet. And both of my cats, the, pr the prescription diet, you know, like caused like, GI issues and stuff like that. But both of my cats, they had two different types of crystals that I was told it was impossible to clear them out without a prescription diet. Both of them, their crystals went away over time on the raw food because the raw food allowed their urine to be like the correct pH. Plus they weren't getting like the, the, what you would call it, the minerals and stuff added you know, they were getting the minerals naturally through the meat rather than as an additive. And I should say that one of those cats has since formed crystals, but he did it during a situation of super intense stress for him. 
So like he was okay. And then he got super stressed out and then he got crystals from that. But before that he was fine. Like I, they were tested multiple times and the crystals were gone. And the vets were like, well, that's not possible. And raw food isn't healthy and blah, 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 the stuff. And I'm like, okay, but the information's out there to support it. And look what just happened, you know? So um, I, I won't, I can't go back. I can't go back to feeding. I couldn't even feed canned food. I, I feed raw food right now. I'm buying raw food. I'm not making my own um, because it's just too much work. But, you know, I've thought about going back to making it. I just, I probably won't have space in the RV for that because I like need to use a meat grinder and, and stuff like that. Plus it's actually nice to be able to relax and be like, yeah, the nutrition is already like the math has been done. I don't have to do that part. And then like, be like, what if I'm doing it wrong? Cause I always worried about that. Even though my cats were very, 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 very healthy. I still worried. What if I'm fucking it up? You know, but you know, there's also the concerns like, what if the company didn't get it right? Um, I actually think I need to change raw food. I think the, the bone content is too high because it's, causing like constipation issues. Um, and that's like variable. Some cats are more prone to that than other cats. It's the same for the crystals. You can have a cat that like eats dry food and never ever has any issues. And then other cats like have back-to-back issues where you have to get surgery and all that stuff. But like the whole pet food industry is a racket. We've been told that this is what we need to feed our cats and our dogs and we're like guilt tripped and fear mongered into sticking with it, even though it's not logical. Like if that's what you want to do and that's all you're comfortable doing is feeding canned food or dry food or whatever. Okay. But as I mentioned before, get the best possible ingredients you can and make sure that you add water to the dry food, you know, make sure that like the canned food is like good stuff. Do not feed them friskies. But now there are companies that are selling raw food and you can just go to like Pet Food Express or whatever, as long as you're in an area that has those kind of stores and buy these frozen chunks of meat. And then it'll tell you what the calories are per cube. So you can kind of do the math on how much you should be feeding them and give it to them. Now there's like, there's like a whole other component to this. And that's the fact that some cats are super finicky. I personally haven't had a problem. I have fostered cats. I have taken in many cats since I started feeding raw and all of them migrated very enthusiastically to it. Very much so. Like to the point they're almost like a little bit aggressive and like, this is mine, mine. But some cats, they just want the crack. You know, they just want the friskies and they won't eat anything else and will literally starve themselves. And, you know, in that case, like you got to find a way to like compensate, like see if they'll they'll eat that mixed with a wet food that's healthier or if they'll eat it with water added or whatever, just do stuff to like protect them. But ideally, if you get a cat when they're young and you start them on good food, they should have a palate for it. If you feed them McDonald's, 
then they might not trust that tasty steak, you know? And back to the issue of vets. Again, vets are very important. They help us take care of our animals. And there's this whole fucking like dual messaging around this stuff. Basically, you know, we have a moral obligation to the well-being of the animals. We have a moral obligation to the well-being of our pets. At the same time, the cost of taking care of our pets is on par with taking care of ourselves. And that's treated as like a non-necessity, as a privilege, you know, which is insane. I mean, it's insane that it's like that for human beings. It's also insane it's like that for pets. Like they really do not need to charge that much. But there's a layer to it. Um, It is becoming increasingly more common for vets to be paid on commission. Like as um, certain companies are sort of buying out like the private vets and they don't even always advertise that that's what they did. Um, Sometimes a vet is like retiring and, you know, one of these companies will come through and buy it or sometimes they just make an offer and the vet continues working there. And so they're, they're not just a private animal doctor. They are a corporation and the vets and vet techs and whoever they're, they're paid on a commission. And so they have an incentive to order all of these tests and whatnot that, you know, before would only be recommended if it was absolutely necessary. And I remember that, like going to the vet and they would be like, well, you could do this, but let's wait and see what happens and then come back to it or whatever. You know, it was like it felt like they were more considerate of like the expenses. And now it's kind of like, no, you need to do this. And sometimes they even push a little bit of fear into it. And like a, a common one that you run into is when you have a kitten the kittens get really nervous when you go to the vet and it's not uncommon to sort of get a false finding for like a heart murmur. It's also not uncommon when a kitten is growing to have like what sounds like a heart murmur, but it's something that they outgrow. And if you look at like the VCA website, the entry for it even says what I just said. But when I went to VCA with my cat, who was a kitten, and it sounded like he had a heart murmur, they told me that I should do, you know, basically like $2,000 worth of testing just to be sure. Instead of like, say, waiting a couple of months and seeing if the symptoms were still there when he was a little bit bigger, and at that point, maybe doing the test, which is what happened with Oski. They told me the exact same thing, except that they were like, this can happen, so let's test him, you know, bring him in again for a checkup, And we'll listen again in four months and see how it sounds. And he was totally normal. Like whatever it was, either being nervous or his age and stage of growth, whatever, it it was gone. But like when I brought Amos in, they were like, well, you know, 
these breeds and this and that, and you should, you should really get the test done because, you know, you're going to want to know. And it was the exact same scenario that I had been in with Oski, but they were giving me like a push to do the tests and stuff. And of course, then I'm like worried and freaked out. And am I doing the right thing? And, you know, because my inclination is to test it, to, to trust these people who are basically in a position of power because they have so much more knowledge than I do. I want to trust them. And then like after my experience of putting Oski down and everything that I went through with that, it was very, very expensive. And like some of the expenses could have been avoided if they had like been more thorough in the testing to begin with and listened to my concerns. But that's when I learned about um, the fact that the vets work on commission And so then it started to make sense of why there would be these extra steps added that cost more money. And like, it feels really shitty to accuse somebody who probably went to school for the love of animals of manipulating me to spend more money. And I got to figure there's probably a fair amount of vets who don't stay at the corporate places because they're not comfortable with the way that the job is going. They're not comfortable with the dynamic that's created in a commission environment. And I don't even blame the vets because it's the corporations. The corporations are not, they're not vets. They're, they're, they're companies that are hiring vets. And it's, it's frustrating because like, I just, I don't think it should be allowed I don't think that commission belongs anywhere near any sort of healthcare, like period. Greed is just this component to humanity that when you add any opportunity for greed into an environment, no matter what the, the, not incentive, come on brain, No matter what the intentions are, eventually people adapt to the environments that they're in and they start thinking the way that that they're expected to think for the environment that they're in, you know, and greed takes over in those situations where commission is a part of the picture. And people who don't do well in an environment where commission is how you get paid, they don't stay in those positions, right? They move on, they go somewhere else. They, they don't work. They, whatever, they just don't stay because, so yeah, like I'm, I'm rambling, but like, so the vets that stick around working for a corporation, that pays commission are the ones that are doing a reasonably decent job. Even if they're walking the line, they're still doing a reasonably decent job of making that corporation money by ordering the tests and stuff like that. You know, vets deserve to be paid, but in situations where the corporations are owning the vets, they're not, they're not even seeing like a chunk They're, you know, I mean, it's, yeah. 
it's frustrating. It bothers me like a lot. And it makes it really hard for me to trust a vet when they want to do stuff because I'm like, are they ordering this because it's the right thing or are they ordering this because it might be useful and also quota? So one of the things I'm going to do is include some links about pet food stuff. Um, and if I can find a good link on the commission stuff, I will also include that. And I think, you know, I have really strong opinions about cat food, food in general. I, I fostered a dog and I made him his food in the crock pot. He, he had some like uh, immune system issues, so he didn't get raw food. Um, but I made him his food. I didn't, you know, feed him kibble until the rescue asked me to switch him to kibble because they wanted him to be acclimated to it while getting adopted. But the family who adopted him, I did tell them what I had been feeding him and how well he did on it. And it ends up that they ended up making his food for him based on what I said. And it was interesting because while he was on the homemade food, his uh, fur was like really soft and he didn't shed hardly at all. And when I switched him to kibble and I switched him to like a really supposedly like good, good brand of kibble, uh, he started shedding all over the freaking place. He was like this like salt and pepper colored dog. And there was just like, I had a red carpet and my carpet was just gray in certain parts. And if you can hear somebody blowing their nose, that would be someone else that's in the shower right now blowing their nose. I don't know if the sound's going to come through or not, but yeah, they always sound like they're trying to, push their brain out the back of their head when they blow their nose. It's really violent sounding, so I wouldn't be surprised if the mic picked it up. If you have an older cat who has kidney issues, uh, chances are you've probably been told to feed the cat uh, like kidney prescription diet food. Um, depending on, like if they're like stage one or whatever, you know, um, read up on like the links that I'm going to be including and see what you think about uh, the information that's there because a lot of cats basically go into remission or self-correct or whatever just by switching to um, a more natural diet and end up not needing the prescription diet. You know, like you know your cat... And you know, like, what your cat's health is like. So, you know, but if it was my cat and my cat had, like, stage one or stage two kidney disease um, or even potentially later, I would just switch them to a raw food or um, a wet food that's very, like, very high quality. Preferably the raw food because just so much more hydration and the pH stuff is just better. I mean, even in humans, like, you know, it's eating leafy greens and like raw vegetables and stuff can like change your urine pH a little bit, um, which if you have uh, an irritated bladder, I can't remember what that condition's called, but it can actually like help help with that. So, you know, these things, these things matter. They make a difference. And 
you know, humans, we should be eating a diverse diet and we should be eating uh, real ingredients and real food and stuff like that. People that eat like highly processed food, basically the equivalent of like dry food, uh, have health issues because they're not getting what they need in a, a natural form. It's being forced through additives and supplements and stuff. And it, it's just not the same. There's chemical reactions that happen when we eat food that cause us to, you know, get different things from it depending on how it is basically packaged when it goes into our body. Chemical reactions is not exactly the right term. I mean, like the process of like digestion. I mean, I guess it is like chemical reactions, but it's, I'm thinking of like the process of digestion as well as like gut flora and stuff. And, and when you eat real foods, you actually end up feeding good gut flora and you get like better numbers of that flora, which has like a positive effect. It can lower inflammation and allow your bowel to work better and better memory, better mood, et cetera. There's, there's a lot that goes into it. So like I'm simplifying it. I'm not a freaking scientist. So yeah, I'm not a vet. I'm just a person who has read a lot of stuff and cares about doing things as healthily, healthily, healthful as possible for myself and for my pets. I, I feel morally obligated to the well-being of my animals because they rely on me. And I know there are parents out there that feed their kids McDonald's and fast food all the time, but like, it's the same kind of thing, you know, like we shouldn't be feeding our kids that shit either. God, I just read a study that, that actually shows like a connection between uh, mental health state and mental health status uh, between eating fast food when you're a kid and then when you're like in your 40s. Which, I mean, makes perfect sense when you think about, you know, the effects on like the gut flora and all of that stuff. I mean, then it's, yeah. As I've said before, everything we do matters. Everything. What we eat, what we feed our pets, how we treat people, how we treat ourselves, the clothing we wear, not for style. Now, I mean, you know, maybe that has an effect on people psychologically, but what, whatever, I don't care about that as much. But like, you know, like wearing uh, mixed fabrics with like, I don't know what it's called, polyester or whatever. I don't think it's polyester. But this, this stuff that has the microplastics, like the stretchy, the stretchy materials and stuff, you know, it's like horrible for the environment. That's why like most of my clothing is like linen or pure cotton. Also, like I'm allergic to the stretchy stuff. So there's, there's that part too. Anyway, I'm pretty sure I forgot some stuff, but I'm just going to include like links and, you know, please, if you're interested in the topic and you'd like to learn more or you would like to potentially change your pet's diet, um, do some reading, you know, look at the links that I'm sharing. And if you have questions, you can always ask me. You can email me on lenose at lee.com, L-E-I-G-H-E.com. And, you know, I might not know the answer, but I can probably 
point you in the direction of the answer because I have like a ton of information saved. And I think that's about it. Uh, thanks for listening. And yeah, bye.